Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pop Culture Podcast. Tyson Popplestone here. Hope you're all doing well. This is episode 28. We're starting to make some ground here. Starting to make some ground. Now that two episodes are coming out per week, we're starting to stack them up a little bit. Hope you're enjoying the variety. I'm certainly having fun bringing you a uh, a random conversation just with myself on a Monday and then a nice interview with uh, a whole heap of really intelligent people on a Thursday or Friday. And today is no exception. The guest on the show today's name is Libby Ranger. Uh, I met her first in 2018 when I attended one of her courses called The Lightning Process in Wellington in New Zealand. Uh, Libby is a, uh, she's a gun at what she does. She specializes in well-being with a focus on the relationship between the brain and the body, uh, the connection between those two things, how we can use one to influence the other. I was really impressed in 2018 when I took part in her, I think it was a two or three day course. Um, she's quietly spoken, she's very knowledgeable, she's very confident, and she presents with like an air of kindness and, and just warmth, which I think really brings, uh, brings her audience in. She's a, uh, she's a massive just ray of light to, to the audience that she works with, and uh, I was really excited to, to bring her to you. She's a NLP, Neuro, Neuro Linguistic Programming. That's a, that's a mouthful. I know why they just call it NLP. She's an NLP practitioner and studied under Phil Parker, uh, graduated from his institute. She's, uh, she's got a real passion for, for mindset, health, relaxation, and as it turns out, Love Island, but we can't judge her for that. All right, it's all about balance. That's what we talk about today. It's all about balance. We can't just be uh, so passionate about the brain that we forget about Love Island and Bachelor and Bachelorette, all right? So you're in for an absolute treat. So uh, let me introduce to you the great Libby Ranger. So what are you going to tell us, tough guys? My usual. Zero. Nothing. Well, we were just saying before we, uh, just before I hit record, that it's it's officially been three years. I, I, I met you in random circumstances. So for, for a little bit of context for the uh, the audience, I just got back from London and lost a couple of people super close to me and was like, what the heck? Like, why am I so sad? I've got no idea. And I remember just going, uh, I heard about this, this process called the lightning process. And I was like, all right, I need a little bit of help. I need some guidance. So I jumped on. I saw that there was a class in London, uh, in, in Wellington. Uh, I saw it was your name attached. So I jumped on the phone and called you. I think I was mid-tears. And I was like, look, I need, I need your help. Do you know what I mean? So I wish I could have like a classier introduction to how our, how our or we're like getting to know each other started. But it was me sobbing on the phone going, wait, I need some help. I'm booking a flight to Wellington. <laughs> And uh, I'm so glad you picked up. But man, how how quick has that time gone? Three years later, it's gone so quick, Tyson. And like that, you you guys just nipped straight over. I remember we spoke, and then you were there. Like, did you come the next week, the next fortnight? Look, you I was know? being a little bit dramatic. I was being a bit dramatic. I remember before we came over, Jesse goes, "Look, babe, I think what you're going through is a period of grief. I don't think you need to be too stressed. Maybe just sit back." I go, "Babe, whatever these feelings are, I need help." So I think I got off the phone to you, booked the flight. And I reckon it was like four days later. I was sitting there and uh, <laughs> getting an education from you, but it was um, it was an amazing trip and an awesome experience. And I know we'll get into this soon, but the lightning process isn't something that you're uh, you're not working on that directly anymore. But, um, but just to have experienced it and, and understand, I had a couple of friends who had, um, had struggled a lot with chronic fatigue and, uh, and that was how I found out about you and, and the course and, uh, and everything. And to be able to get over there and get a little bit of a taste for it and understand you know, the power that I have to actually develop a little bit of control over the emotions that I was going through was, was super helpful. But I mean, we've got a lot to catch up on because three years is a I guess it's a pretty decent amount of time. So what, what's been going on in your world? You're still in New Zealand, obviously. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm still here in Wellington in New Zealand. So when you came over, I was teaching, I think I was pretty much full-time teaching the lightning process. So um, yeah, the lightning process is, it's, it's a course that originates from the UK. And so I was sort of teaching it as a, what do you call it? You sort of, it's trademarked and you become like a practitioner of that course. And so that was my main thing back then. And yeah, I had people from Australia. This is pre-COVID. Imagine you couldn't just pop over, pop over the ditch in a week now. But this was back in the day. I did have people coming over from Australia every now and again. Um, and what's happened since then? You know, left long-term relationship. Um, I'm still in Wellington, different house, still got my business, the wellness platform, um, but that has evolved a bit. So I, I ended up with the lightning process. I gained a lot of experience and knowledge from, from those small groups of people that were quite often, I mean, not in your case, but quite often sick or had been sick for a long time or just dealing with ongoing mental stuff. I gained a lot of experience, but I did realize that a lot of the, especially chronic fatigue clients that I was seeing, they were coming quite often from these high pressure roles, these really intense jobs where they were just working themselves to the ground and then, you know, getting diagnosed with things like chronic fatigue, burnout, unexplainable pain, things like chronic regional pain syndrome. And so I, I started to, to talk to workplaces um, because in my head, I was like, well, if I'm going in to do sort of these more general talks to bigger groups of people in these high pressure roles, it's a bit more of a preventative thing rather than seeing these people in there. Literally, I came to Australia a couple of times for bed bound clients. Um, but I'm actually going in where people are sort of, they're aware of their stress, they're aware of their big workloads, and they're being forced to take an hour out of their day to listen to, to me. <laughs> so yeah, just doing more general speaking workshops, presentations, um, for some really great companies in New Zealand, I actually got a foot in the door. I did um, Whitaker's. Do you know Whitaker's chocolate? Do you guys yeah, know I do know Whitaker's. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I think it's, it's come there now. Um, and I, did, I spoke to the factory workers who basically don't really speak English as their first language, but I just did really simple talks for their factory workers about stress and just finding more balance in life because factory workers quite often do these really long night shifts and sleep all day and don't have much of a work-life balance. So that's where I started. And that's quite a good like name to sort of, you know, flicks around in New Zealand because it's our big, you know, chocolate brand. So I was quite sorted after that. And I, I kind of still work on the model, which I had when I met you, which was word of mouth. Like my, my, my new boyfriend he's like you've got to be emailing 100 companies a day and putting your name out there and I'm like God, no I'll just manifest it <laughs> and he's like Libby you need a business plan and I'm like no they'll, they'll come to me all in good time so yeah that's what I'm doing it's such a nice attitude to have I feel like I'm a little bit more on your side of things because I always say like if I if I was very serious about it I'd get someone to organize social media and try and organize the advertising for me but uh, but the truth is at the moment, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm going to make do with what I've got. I'm taking a little bit of your approach. I, I think if you are not impressed with the avenue I'm taking, I'm sorry to attach your name to it, but I, uh, I, I like that idea of what you're saying. Just let good words spread. And it really does. Like that was how I, that was how I originally found out about you. And, and, and since coming back from there, I obviously had the opportunity to tell people about what it was we did. And, and, and that was part of the reason I wanted to, to get you on as well. Cause you had a, you had a really, um, like you, you were softly spoken, but you spoke with confidence and you spoke with like a kindness and it was a welcoming, warm environment. I think I can see now that you're speaking to, to these bigger companies that it's no surprise to me that the, uh, 
the foundations or that groundwork that you laid through so many of the lightning process courses um it, it probably set up as a, a little bit of a launching pad for that so are you are you connected with an agency at all or is it a, a purely word of mouth like when a company wants you to come and speak um you know about stress or about wellness how is it that they're actually finding out about you yeah thanks for your kind words um i do you know what? it's instagram and it's like with with the modern world, I sort of find it a little bit cringe because people are like, what's your marketing strategy? And I'm like, oh, I just post, you know, stuff on Instagram. But the probably 90% of the, 99% of the time, I'll, I might get a, you know, an email in my inbox and it's like, would you like to come and speak to our group on, on their lunch break? Um, and I might just go back and say, oh, how'd you hear about me? And it will always be like, oh, our receptionist at work has seen your stuff on Instagram or this person saw that you did this company on Instagram. And so it kind of gives me that, oh, well, I've got to keep posting on there. That's what it's what kind of keeps the work work coming in. So I have thought about getting maybe an agent, but I just, I still, even though I could be potentially working harder and doing more, that I just, you attract the clients. And I always had this thing with the lightning process as well. I always had the loveliest clients because you, there's no push. Like I'm not pushing companies' doors down and they're like, oh, we didn't really you know, they, they're like, we really want this. We want to talk about wellness. And then it's just kind of really well reciprocated. Like they love it. I love speaking to them because they, they want to hear it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, 100% though. Maybe even more than you realize because uh, actually when, so from about 2016 to 2020, that was that was pretty much my, my area over here. I was really trying to get a foot in the door of the health and wellness scene here in Australia. And um, I know what you mean about the cringe nature of it all. Like you, you only have to be on Instagram for 10 minutes to see the, uh, the influence trying to tell you about what it is that they're going to bring to your company. And for me, um, like had I, been, had I been maybe a little bit more patient or uh, maybe a little bit more open, I would have taken a, the approach that you had. But I think my impatience was a little bit like, all right, I'm gonna, I was like your boyfriend. I'm starting to knock at doors. I was writing out emails. I was like, look, this is what I can offer. Blah, blah. And people were like, man, we're, we're booked. Like we're, we've got plenty. Do you know what I mean? And for me, it, it turned me off the scene a little bit because I, I wasn't aware at the time that people like you existed in the scene where it's like, look, I've got a message. It's going to help you. If you would like it, I'm available. Um, but I'm not going to be trying to, I'm not going to be trying to coerce you to, to get me into the, uh, uh, you know the corporate scene to to let me speak so it's it's really a it's a really strange kind of space if you're not careful I always say and and obviously I'm not referring to you when I say this it can be a, like a really wanky scene if you're not careful do you know like I got caught up a little bit I think myself in the wanky nature of it all where I was like all right I've got to try and just project this image that I have it all together that I've got all yeah. the answers and then people would spend 10 minutes with me and they're like dude like I've got so much that I could teach you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it, it really just didn't quite fit the, uh, the look that I was going for. But um, I think when you boil it down to its essence, like what it is that you're actually bringing to the table is for people who are open. It's like a, it's a really beautiful, helpful message. But but I wanted to unpack that a little bit with you because obviously the wellness platform is, is the name of your business, is the name of your work. And <clears throat> I'm sure like uh, any business that, that name sort of boils down to, to quite a number of things that you speak about. So I, I guess as a, a bit of a bird's eye view, what is it that you're, you're sort of passionate about? What is it that you are, that you most enjoy speaking about? And like, we'll get into a bit of the origins as to, to why you even found this thing. Yeah. Um, so I had a, I had a family friend, you probably heard this, you would have heard the story when you came and did the course. I had a family friend and they had a daughter who had crips. So basically unexplainable pain in one of her legs and that always been very much like 
medical system, straight down the middle, nothing woo-woo, nothing sort of wacky. And someone had told them to go and take the daughter to do the lightning process because her she was in hospital in Auckland and they were going to have to amputate her leg because she hadn't been using it and, you know, the blood drains out of it and it can get quite bad if you're not putting your leg on the ground. And that was their last resort. They're like, we don't know what it is, but we're going to have to amputate. So she went to do the lightning process and she had such great results. She, she ran home on the third day. I think she was 11 at the time. And I heard that I was enrolled to yeah, go off to uni. I'd picked a sort of generic course, thought that's what I should do. And then I just heard about this course in London and was like, that just sounds interesting and different and I need to know what they did there. So I went over to London to, to study the lightning process. Um, and that, yeah, so I did that and that's when I met you and I was teaching that for a few years and that really got me passionate about the mind-body connection and just, yeah, basically the connection between how we think, how we speak, the things we spend our time doing, the things we spend our time thinking about and how that affects the body and vice versa. You know, what we do in our body affects the mind. And um, that's probably the main takeaway that I got from the lightning process was just like, people need to know this. And it's super simple stuff when you, when you really boil it down. Like the most common feedback I get when I go into a workplace is like, I think I sort of knew that, but just to hear it in that way has really just showed me how much control I do have over things and, you know, things like that. Cause I think we might know to a certain degree, we've all got examples of the mind body connection at play in our lives. We know that when we think about something that makes us a bit nervous, that we can get a very physical symptom or when someone says something to us that maybe embarrasses us, we might feel a flush coming to our cheeks. So if we really think about it, we'll, we'll find examples um, but relating that back to now the li humans living in the modern world and just the constant everyday stresses that we have and the impact that constant stress has on our body and then, you know, starting back in the mind. So how are we thinking about these stresses? Are we, are we those sort of people that are just running around like headless chickens, just speaking about our stress, putting more stress on ourselves, getting ourselves in these, getting diagnosed with things, which makes it you know, another layer of stress when you've got a family and you've got a job that you've got to keep. And so it's kind of just a cycle. And I, I try to break it down with everyday examples, which I think people appreciate because when you're talking about the brain and the body. So when I'm talking about sort of things like neural pathways and neuroplasticity and the nervous system there, unless you're interested in this stuff, it's quite a lot to take on board. Like I've noticed, I did notice when I first started speaking, I think it was a bit too Sciencey. I was trying to show people that I knew my stuff. I was like <laughs> the neural pathways and the, getting really into the hormones and the body. And I think that's not what really people want. They want everyday examples that they're like, "Oh gosh, I wake up and I think that, and then on my during my day I get those stresses. Okay, I'm pretty burnt out and I get chronic migraines. Tell me what I need to do to fix it." Mm -hmm. So I try to just sort of get in there and be more real with them. Um, but yeah, and then I my business the business mindset comes in where like I used to go in and just do one-off talks so I'd go in for like an hour and a half and I'd put together this package which was mind body and things they could start to do to work on that stuff that I've just spoken about um but then I was like that's not a great business model because then I'm going in once a year and that company's probably got a big wellness budget that I should be tapping into so I've just recently started splitting that into sort of three and so this year, 2022, I'm going to be trying, like if a company reaches out to me, I'm going to say, look, I do three over the year, 
which I actually think is probably better for their staff as well because, you know, you and I know the brain loves consistency and Mm -hmm. if you hear something once, that's all very well, but you sort of need to hear it a few times before it sinks in. So, yeah, I'm going to try and sort of do maybe the first module on the mind, the second module on the body, and maybe the third module on how to get more into alignment with what you actually want out of life. It's so interesting. It's definitely, um, it definitely makes sense to me why you might want to go in and, and do a few more, especially I like the example of just comparing it to, to physical health and wellness. It's like a lot of the time people know what's good for them in, in the physical sense. A lot of the time, like if you want to get bigger muscles, yeah, you, you know, you might need to increase your diet and go to the gym and work out consistently. But we go there once and that idea of just doing that over and over again is a, a, a bit more of a difficult practice for so many of us but once you start to develop that habit it becomes such an easier thing to implement and 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 the same is true even though i'm so aware and um i understand exactly what you're talking about with the mindset and about sort of developing something consistently over a period of time it's amazing how often i still forget or i blank out on what i should be doing especially when i get emotional i'm not sure if i paint that picture but um, maybe the more emotional one in my relationship where emotions <laughs> will kick in and then all of a sudden I go hang on a second like I've got so many practical ways that I can deal with this and um, at the risk of unlocking a COVID chat I started listening to myself halfway through COVID and seeing some of the things that I was posting I was like dude what are you doing like what are you what are you achieving through this like okay so you're letting everyone know you're unhappy let's stop being a bitch <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> and then, uh, I, but it's so strange because uh, like right next to I'll show you when we uh, press pause just because I'm attached to these headphones but right next to where I'm sitting I've got like a whiteboard filled with things of uh, that are going to be very helpful done on a consistent basis to be able to help me mentally to be able to help me yeah. physically to be able to just help me enjoy myself and, and hopefully be enjoyable be, to be around and I looked at that board and nowhere on there it does it say like just have a bitch about COVID <laughs> to people yeah, yeah, yeah. who just don't care. So it's a, it, it is amazing. And I, I say all that just to emphasize the point that, that consistency really is a thing. It doesn't matter how long you're healthy for. If you change your diet tomorrow and just start eating donuts and not exercising, you're going to gain weight and lose health. So um, I, I think from a, a that's a, it's like a little analogy that was explained to me once that helped me understand the, the importance of, of what it is that you're actually speaking about, just showing up consistently. How do you go with that? Because I know as a practitioner of this stuff, a lot of people would look at you and just go, okay, I assume she's just got it all down. But I feel as though having dipped my toes in the water of what it is you talk about, just having a title doesn't exempt you from some of these challenges. So so how do you navigate that with with, with your own life? Is it something that you, you feel as though you're all over or is it something that you're, you're re-practicing daily, maybe a combination of those? Yeah, I think it's definitely a combination because ever since I I was 18, 19, when I went over to London, um, I was so young. And so I've, I've, I was really lucky. Like I always think about that. I'm like, I got some of these tools at an age where like, I've got, I've got triplet sisters and they're 18. And I'm like, I want to teach them this stuff because it really did help me. So I think a lot of habits and automatic ways of thinking, they have been ingrained because I'm like, I do need to be doing it if I'm preaching it. But also it's just real life and it's just like one thing I've started thinking about is what if we set a goal or if we say we want to do something is then checking in and being like, but do I do I really actually want that? Because what I've noticed is I do a little bit of just one off coaching with mainly young women who just, you know, want to start their business or just things like that. Um, And what I'd find is like I'd get them to set goals and they'd say things like and I've done this, we've all done this, but say things like. Uh, you know this year I want to run a half marathon 
you know, be like, oh, do you like running? You know, do you, do you enjoy that? And it's like, oh, no, not really. No, I just, and it's like, we kind of have these goals we think we should have sometimes. And so like last year I did see a similar thing. I was like, I want to go, I want to join the gym and I want to go five times a week. And I was in the middle of the year and I was like, I just hate this. I love yoga. Yoga makes me feel so good. Everyone's got their thing, their exercise that they know they actually enjoy. But I was like, why am I trying to be a gym girl when, you know, so I think with consistency, but if you're also pushing through a sort of a silly goal or intention you've set and you're like, that's not really me. Like, do I want this big promotion at work? do I really want that or am I just going to be super stressed and have no more time for my family than I already do and why do I want that and kind of just that's helped me a little bit but I love yeah I now live with my with my partner and he's got two young kids so I that's actually the most in the last few years the thing that I've needed to practice use my own tools for the most because they're great they're so lovely and chill and I really love them we have a great relationship but I'm like, oh, this is this is giving me to like when I go into offices, you know, I'm kind of this young girl. And I sometimes think people probably used to think, you don't have kids, you're not, you know, people are in there and they're working nine to five jobs. And I'm going, don't be stressed. And I've got three kids and a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> like that definitely I'm aware of that. Um, but it's it's definitely been a bit of a, a wake-up call living with my partner's kids because I'm like, you have to be extra onto it because you don't have as much time. You know about this, having um, Charlie, like you don't have as much time to do the stuff. You don't have endless hours to journal and do all of this work. You've got to actually make the time count. Yeah, it's such a good point. It's so, How old are the kids? They are five and seven. They're two girls. Yeah, well, okay. So, okay. So we can probably, uh, I can definitely relate to what you say. Maybe not to the same extent. You may be outdone me. Like, but isn't it a, isn't it a crazy addition? So I, I think one of the things that Jesse and I often talk about is, and I, you've got to be careful how you say it, because before people, before we had kids, it used to do my head in when people were like, oh, just make the most of your free time. Ha, ha, ha. It's like, Shut <laughs> up, man. Like, you don't know how organized I am. You don't know how onto this kind of stuff I am. And then yeah. all of a sudden, Charlie will wake up at like 5 a.m. and I'm tired till 9 a.m. And then apparently I've got to go journal. It's like, hang on. <laughs> it's just all of a sudden, as you say, what you are, what you just eliminating the stuff that doesn't need to be in your life becomes a really big focus in that moment. Huh? So has there been, and I'm asking for personal reasons here, has there been any uh, any good practical ways that you've been able to help navigate your time? Because I think you seem like a fairly organized, well-structured kind of person i say that because when i asked you if an hour for this conversation was fine you're like yeah i booked it till 3 30 i was like oh wow she's she's a very admin girl so um you sound, like you, <laughs> you sound like you could be a couple of steps ahead of me in that department but but that's a like not only a big life shift for you but also a um what do you say a time shift i guess for lack of a better expression so yeah how have you navigated that period or maybe yeah, still um I, yeah, I think it's just, it will be constant. And, and it's like, yeah, people always put their kind of projections onto you, like you just said, with what people think. And people are like, it's going to be so hard. It's going to be X, Y, Z. And it's actually been so great and lovely as we have week on, week off. So on the weeks off, I have more time to do my stuff and things like that. But I think it's just, it's just coming back to the basics that I teach people and they're applicable for anything. It's just like, when you start to spiral and for me it's not the, the times that people might think it might just be like for lack of space or that's just sometimes I'm like oh my god I don't have a moment to do anything mm. and it might just be like coming back to the breath or just getting out of the situation and going for a quick walk around the block to change your state or um you know maybe in that moment just being like okay I am a bit stressed and hectic but tomorrow when you do when I do have 15 minutes to do some self-work or something I might 
write about it or you know just finding different different ways but it comes back to things I'm teaching officers which is breathing changing your state changing your mindset changing the way you think about things like if I was sitting around having coffees with people talking about how bad it was like I never would do that because I just know that that's not not good for my neural pathways as you know that's not good for the brain's gonna start doing that more and more the more that I talk about that um and then with any of those things like you said before just doing them consistently and because the more that when I'm feeling like a bit overwhelmed I breathe the more like my brain and body are going to be they're going to already do that for me without me really thinking and it's easier for me to get out of that overwhelmed state the next time it happens so yeah yeah, just from like whatever it is whatever sort of technique you pick or whatever your thing is it's just about doing it consistently it is amazing how much of a difference consistency can bring into the um just implementing a new skill like that because I often notice whenever like so one of the things confession time I am uh, like too often I, I get into this impatient state and Jessie's like uh, she's a patient woman I'll tell you that do you know what I mean so I've, I've highlighted and drawn a circle around it and like all right well this is the thing that you're gonna have to work but one of the things I notice in myself is like if I start you know doing a little bit of uh, I'm still in your language here now that uh, I'm speaking to you, if I start doing a little bit of uh, impatience, one of the things yep. that I notice is it's the easiest thing to continue. But the more difficult aspect of that is actually going, okay, well, I've recognised what it is that I'm doing. Like, what's the alternative? You can go through a, a, you know, a process, but it's always incredibly difficult when you're first starting out like anything new. Um, but is that something that, so so over, over a period of weeks and months, just through consistency, uh, we start to really refine it and that, but I guess the body's always looking for a shortcut to make the easiest uh, or, or to make your life a little bit easier. So we want to get away from the thinking and overanalyzing, which is maybe why it's hard to, to get started at times, but then through that consistency, what, what you notice through your work is that, okay, well, like anything else, it starts to become quite natural. Yeah. I just, the brain will, it will follow your lead and it's always listening. So I think you just see the body will, shortcut which is a great way to put it and when I'm speaking about the brain I always just say the brain is always looking for the easiest it wants to save energy um but you're right in saying that the hardest part is starting I think because quite often when we need this these tools they're not when we really want them and that's a great point yeah when we need to do them consistently is when we don't and so that's kind of I think why this this work or this stuff that we're talking about it's it's definitely getting there in terms of it's what people are turning to, but it, it's the harder route. It's easier to take, go to someone and go, what should I take? Whether that's herbal or, you know, a pill or whatever it is, or go to a physio and they tell you what exercises. We want to just be given that external thing. It's harder to do the internal work and do it yourself, but it pays off. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good point. So, so with, the, with you, what's the process of, of noticing something that you, you want to see an improvement in and actually starting to make that change? Is it you'll catch yourself doing something like, oh, come on, Liv, like, what are you doing? That's not you. Or is it like, do you have some periods of, of pretty good reflection where you think about what it is you'd like to see changed in your life and, and then just gradually work towards what you want it to look like? Yeah, I think it's um it's a little bit also recognising that life is life and I don't even want to be this like person that can't have I think I I, after seeing you uh, probably a year or two after that I got a little bit into have you ever read the book called um like the body keeps the score and like the emotion code and things like that there's sort of I was really hoping I could tell you I've read whatever you're about to ask then as well (laughs) 
but no, so sorry. It's just basically about like all the emotions and kind of the importance of having those emotions. And so when I, when I do my talks, I often touch on this because we're never going to have a life that's not like I, I often show this graph and it's like all the stresses we might have in a modern day, you know, wake up to the baby crying, there's the alarm, traffic on the way to work, new deadline, um, get home, have a fight with your partner about something, COVID, and then there's another COVID announcement and then you go to bed and repeat. And when you look at, when I get people, I'm like, you look at that and most people can identify with it, but probably most of the stuff that's going on isn't going to change but it's how we respond to it is what we want to change. So we want to be that person that they get told this and you go, oh, okay, it's not going to ruin my day. I'm not going to, my breathing's not going to increase. My heart rate's not going to increase. I'm not going to have an absolute meltdown. I'm going to be more resilient to it. But I also think like sometimes if I'm having, I would have spoken about this a little bit in the lightning process. It's like, if you're having a, a bad day and you know, you're being ungrateful and grumpy and like some bad, but maybe sometimes you just need to do that. You know, like sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm being like moody again. And then I'm like, cut <laughs> yourself a break, you know, like you <laughs> yeah. know, most of the time you're not. And yeah. so if you are, maybe it's not always the best time to be like, cool, I'm going to get out my stuff and I'm going to meditate and I'm going to run and I'm going to sweat and I'm going to, maybe it's just like, yeah, I'm human and I'm just actually quite grumpy and I'll be fine tomorrow because I bounce back quicker now, you know? Yeah. So just kind of having that balance, I think, and just, um, but yeah, if I notice the behavior, I'm trying to think if I've got my little vision board next to me, I'm like, what, what behaviors my, let's not ask my boyfriend what behaviors I'm working on. <laughs> I, I also don't tell, I also don't get Jesse involved in these conversations for the yeah, same yeah, reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, I think it's just, if I think of something I'm like, I guess with this year, it's probably a bit more, I want to get a bit more disciplined with, with, with the workplace stuff. It's like, I do, I possibly have leaned too much into the waiting for the work to come to me and not at all chasing it and I want to find a bit more of a balance and so I'm like I lack that discipline okay coming back to beliefs which we we spoke about in the course what is that is that true like do I actually lack discipline or is it just a sort of an excuse that I'm putting out there and if I do then how am I going to have more discipline do I need to set an alarm on my phone every day that I with my with what I've got to do for the day or you know like as opposed to what I think some of us do is just say oh yeah I like discipline and I've done this for the past few years it's like oh I like discipline and I don't have a business mindset so oh well but actually okay what does that mean what can I do about it is it true how can I change those neural pathways because nothing's set in stone if you've been a lazy person all your life if you think you're an introvert if you think you're miss, you know whatever it is it's not the brain can change. So mm. just depends if you want to bring it to your conscious mind and then change it. Yeah, it's such a powerful message. I remember being in, so I finished year 12 in 2005 and I remember having a conversation in year 12 and, uh, and someone saying to me, oh, so like, yeah, the way that your brain has developed by the time you're 25, you can't actually make many changes to it. And I was like, this yeah. is terrifying because I'm not as happy as I would like to be at this yeah. particular stage. And, and thank God, like you, you mentioned the, the balance between, um, you know, sort of what you teach and the science behind it. It's nice that in a modern world, the science actually backs up what it is that we're speaking about, which I, I can totally understand why it is that you you lent into the science part when you, when you first got started, because for whatever reason, um, science is like the the god of 2022. I think for a lot of people, so science can confirm it. Um, so many of us, uh, so many of us are more likely to buy into it. And uh, I think one of the things you mentioned there as well, which I noticed in myself, and and noticed as a 
um, a little bit of an asterisk next to that original point is not only does the brain change, but you've got a great power to, to uh, sort of maneuver the direction that it goes. And you were saying about just cutting yourself some slack. Like if you catch yourself being moody or a bit grumpy or whatever, it's amazing how much just the thought that we can throw onto that particular emotion just continues to fuel it and makes it bigger. Yeah. And then rather, yeah. I, I, I get in the habit of this sometimes, unfortunately. Um, so funny how much more cautious I'm being with my words speaking to you because I know that you're well aware of it. So I'm going to take this away from here. I've needed this conversation maybe more than I realised. Um, but I'll, I'll leave uh, uh, an emotional situation and rather than just saying like what you do like all right cut yourself some slack you're not usually like this i got man like why were you being a jerk and then before you know it tomorrow it's become a bigger and bigger thing and I, yeah. I got so sucked into i've blanked on her name what's her name um she was on joe rogan's podcast a while ago lib let me just have a look at my phone here i can't believe i've blanked on it because i've been listening to so much of her music the last couple of weeks since this uh since this particular episode, I'm so disappointed. Oh, Jewel, it comes up straight away. So I listen. Do you know Jewel? No. So, oh my gosh, Liv, do yourself a favor and don't judge me if you don't like her music. She was a, uh, she she was like a, a, a massive musician during the '90s. And yep. uh, anyway, I knew. I reckon you would know a couple of her songs. I knew her from her music, and I was like, honestly not heaps into that kind of music. But then she came on Joe Rogan. I had two separate people message me, go Tice. Do yourself a favor, listen to Jewel. And I was like, man, honestly, I'm not that interested in it. Like, just never take a recommendation from me again. Anyway, I had a listen and just mind blown because so much of the stuff that you're speaking about that we're passionate about, she taps into in a way which is so powerful. And, and one of the things she says, uh, which I was reminded of when you were saying about just letting that emotion go, is that she likes these simple, practical approaches to getting herself through a difficult time. And Joe said to us, mm -hmm. like, all right, so, so what's an example of something that you've done or something that you do to get you over difficult periods? And she's like, honestly, she's like, sometimes I just like to sit on the couch and talk to myself. And, and he goes, well, what are you talking about? He goes, well, I like to ask myself questions that like a, a more positive version of myself might ask the current version of myself. And wow. So it was uh, essentially like, um, all right, are you always like this? Is there anything that you can take away from this? And essentially her goal, from what I understood, was that she would leave that conversation with herself uh, like a little bit inspired. So I started to take, uh, I've started to practice that, which must look hilarious on the beach to the locals when I'm having a bad day. But I'll go down there and I'll start having a bit of a conversation just quietly, you know, just quiet, not, not too loud. But it's incredible just how much of a capacity you have to to use maybe a negative emotion as a reminder to all right hey it's time to work it's time to it's time to focus do you notice that like have you have you sort of got to a phase with your own practice where um it almost serves as a reminder to to kick start your practice just like looking in the mirror and and like seeing man boobs might be a reminder for me to go to a gym like just catching myself in negative thought is is a reminder to start implementing some of these little strategies Forgive me, yeah. Liv, I go on tangents and rabbit holes and I figure out a question. So I hope what I just said made sense. No, no, that's a good. I think it's like it's only you will know, only we all know within ourselves when that like the scale tips. So, yeah, I think it's like if if this is a reoccurring thing and you know that there's something you can do, then I, then I would. And I, I was actually thinking about something the other day. It was a bit of an overthinking moment for me, which I don't have very often anymore, but it was kind of like I'd seen someone at a like a festival and I'd been like, oh, that was a weird conversation. That was a weird interaction. Why was that weird? What happened? Why did I say? And then it's just <laughs> like, I just was like, what would the old me have done before I used to spiral like this? Because I'm literally talking to clients about this all the time. 
and it was like just you know I just literally said out loud as I let this go and I was like thinking about it I think this morning I was like wow that actually really worked I it came briefly back into my mind and I was like I've let that go now and I was like the weight of it wasn't there I didn't even go into it I was like oh nothing but to do but to let it go you know so it can be simple um simple things like that but only you know when you're having like a bad day which everyone's entitled to feel and just you know feel sorry for yourself have some takeaways watch a trashy show and then get into it the next day or if it's actually just a behavior that's becoming a little bit too frequent that actually you need to to, to start to work on yeah. I feel like you're about to name a trashy show and then you're resorting <laughs> to trashy show and I got real curious about what your trashy show it looked like you were about to say bachelor but I'm not going to put words in you I think we should get it. It's, uh, it's from, it's like, I'll give you a clue. It's like tropical, tropical. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, what's the name of the show? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, is it? Love Cosby? Island. Yeah, Love Island. Oh my gosh. Love so, Island. Are you a fan? A big fan, yeah. We can't go down this rabbit hole because we've got to be uplifting and inspiring. But oh my gosh, yeah. I think we've just connected with so many people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But I actually, once I did a story, I think, because I, I I, I'm quite conscious on social media. I don't know about you of like, like you said before, you said something and I was going to say that people will come up to me like friends of friends and they're like, oh my God, you look like you're so busy. Like you're so blah, blah, blah. And it's just like the perce- the perception of social media. Like they might see me posting me doing public speaking like twice a month. But to them, they're like, oh, she's killing it. Like your business is killing it. And it's like, we also want that real life like on social media too and so I don't want to always be posting like brain tips and green juice you want to just post the other side as well and I think I posted like Love Island once and I was like we love we love books on the brain but we also love Love Island and it was like my most replied story to ever there was like and I was like this is what the people want (laughs) it's so funny it's so funny if I had a scene that I definitely would have uh, you would have gone up and not in my book as well as ashamed as I am to I have to make sure I don't show this episode to any of my mates live because it might not be mates for much longer but um, it is interesting like I I I feel like you can see straight through that spammy nature of some people's feeds like if I go to someone's feed and it's just constant brain it's like you're so boring like this is very practical and helpful but um, I like that balance you're 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 talking about people really want to know that's like if I think okay all of my work comes from Instagram what is Instagram to me it's like people want to see the person behind like when I first started probably around the time I saw you I I was like oh maybe I should make an account for what I what I'm coaching people on the lightning process and I'd just post quotes and quotes and I'd never put my face I'd never put anything that was going on for me because I was like this is about them and but actually I'm like who are the people that I really like respect their businesses and want to support and think are great and it's like they show they're not so great or they show what they're going through or they you want that personal you know 2022 we want that personal connection we want to see who's behind the the quotes and who's behind the brand and that it's not all just like rainbows and unicorns yeah that's a really good point I know I know this wellness it's obviously a lot more than just mind like mind body connection something we talk about and um, you look healthy like you look super healthy so like I know obviously mindset is something that's important but also like you mentioned your yoga and your exercise and stuff like that but on a a physical level like what kind of stuff are you doing to sort of help mitigate any of this uh like stored up tension you're doing a lot of yoga a lot of running Uh, like what's the what's the workout week look like for you um I think that's something I'm working on a little bit more is just that more consistency. But 
yeah, a run every now and again just to sort of shift the state, get any, uh, like boxing sometimes, but not very often. But, you know, you kind of know when you need like a aggressive workout. Um, I do love yoga once or twice a week. And then I just, I, I really love walking for the parasympathetic nervous system. I got into it a few years ago, just, you know, slightly longer walks, more probably like 30 to 40 minutes, but just podcasting or not. Sometimes it's good to just listen to your own thoughts, but mm-hmm. walking is really, really good for the nervous system and allows you to kind of um, tap into tap into that side of the nervous system. Um I used to do, I don't know if you're into this. I used to do some like the Joe, like biohacking cold showers. And there's obviously Wim Hof breathing and all of that stuff. And I think that all of that stuff's great. But for me, it's probably more, I try to do like a 10 minute meditation every day. Yeah. And honestly, I think it makes my skin better. <laughs> Someone said that once and I was like, yeah, I'll believe that. Like it just wow. kind of makes me feel more like radiant. And I don't know if it's just because I've given my sort of system a little break for 10 minutes, but um. Yeah, meditation, try to move in some way, um, but also don't force it. I wouldn't force myself to do it if I didn't feel up to it. Um, yeah, I can't really think of too much else. I hope what you're saying about meditation is true because I uh, so I was laughing the other day. I was telling some people my whole my whole life, people have guessed that I'm younger than I am. So yep. so people will go, and, and I got a little bit arrogant about it. So because I'm in my mid, I'm 34 now, and a yep. couple of years ago, say if I was 30, people were like, so how old are you, man? Like 25, 26. I was like, no, I'm actually 30. And then I get this like little, mate, how good do I look? And then <laughs> recently, recently, and I've been meditating, recently people have started to go the other way. So I was at comedy the other night and one of the younger comedians came up to me and said, like, hey, dude, you actually, you're pretty trendy for your age. I was like, wait, wait, one second. Oh. I said, mate, like, how, first of all, how old do you think I am? And he goes, I reckon like 36, 37. And I was like, bro, come on, this is very hurtful for me. I, I moisturize, <laughs> I meditate, I exercise, I'm hydrated. I go, what, yeah. what is it? He's like, we do, it's the wrinkles. You know what I mean? You've got these wrinkles around your eyes. And uh, and I thought it might have just been him. And there's a bloke next to him. I go, bro, I'll give you one more chance. Like, what do you reckon? And the bloke next to him gets 38. So I'm going to either have to change the meditation that I'm doing if there's something in that skin thing or consider Botox. You don't look 38, Tyson. <laughs> Thanks, Liv. That's what I was hoping for. That's exactly what I was looking for. I just wanted to capture that on video. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> on record um yeah no well the thing is I so I did my yoga teacher training a couple of years ago I, I didn't become a teacher so I haven't but I'm not teaching but I just did it for my own sort of self-development at the time I did it in Bali and there was two women on there who were like quite a bit older than me but had the most beautiful skin and just full-on into meditating and they both credited it to meditation and I was like mm, yeah maybe but they're like sort of yogis and then um, I had this great girl on my podcast. I don't know if you've heard of her, Mimi Bouchard. She has a meditation app and she's sort of all, all into the mind-body connection as well. She's in the Bahamas. And um, we got into this conversation and she was like, people think I've had Botox, but I just meditate so much. And I was like, cool. Sign me <laughs> yep. up. Sign it's me a- up. It's so yeah, funny. I'll believe it. Yeah, I love it. It's one of those things as well. You can, as we said before, you can tell people as much as you like about the science. But the truth is, if it's gonna, it's gonna help our skin look a little bit better, mate. We're gonna have meditators all around the world, and Botox businesses is going out of fashion because uh, 
What a little secret. Mind you, that quick pill uh, formula, which we often like, is uh, is for many of us a little bit easier. So maybe people will still be rocking up the Botox clinics to have their eyebrows I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about a bit of both. <laughs> yeah, so can, okay, cool. So just, you can supplement the meditation with like a little bit of Botox. Yeah, just like a smaller dose. Yeah, I think that's also what the wellness platform is kind of, try, I try to be a bit more. It's like green juice and great, all of that great food is great, but you got to have the other stuff. Well, you don't have to, but you can have the other stuff too. And it will be, life will be fine. Like you'll be good to have the balance because um, coming back to sort of lightning process or like mindset is that I learned this a few years ago where you can be having, you might be on a diet, you might be trying to eat really well and you've made yourself a kale salad, but your friends are out for burgers and you're a bit bitter about it, but sort of resentful. And you're sitting at home by yourself eating the kale salad and watching a show in silence. And, and they're out laughing, enjoying their burgers, really happy. And that's the signals that the brain gets. And so the brain gets those happy hormones. And what I kind of confidently say now, and I've had a few experts on my own podcast to talk about this, is like you will digest the food the same. That's not to say the food is different nutrients, and I completely understand that, but in the same way, if you if your mindset's um, the same, so like if you kind of you if you love eating a kale salad and that brings you heaps of joy as well, then I'm all for that. But you know you don't want to miss out on opportunities. Like eat the cookie, but don't eat the cookie thinking, oh gosh, this is going to really not be great for my insulin and blood sugars, and I shouldn't be eating sugar and gluten. It's like eat the cookie and be like, this brings my cells joy and it makes me glow with happiness because I'm eating the cookie. And it's true, like, the, it's, that's the mind-body connection as well. Like, the brain is always listening. So you can even use that when you're doing your wellness, doing your eating, having yeah, your balance. Yeah, it's such a good point. It's something that it's so easy to look past. And even a couple of years ago, I would have struggled to believe that because it's like, I don't know, but, like, this this food, it's actually interacting with yourselves. But what you're saying is exactly that. It's like a – I just finished a book. I'm sure you've read it. I don't want to put any pressure on you. Uh, the Biology of Belief. Um, Dr. Bruce Lipton? Yes. No, no. Yes. Yes. yes and you know the author i'm trying to i'm trying to get it here for anyone who might want to see i think it's on the other bookshelf out there but it was uh it was really interesting to him he speak uh, him uh, hear him speak about some of this stuff because he was saying that his whole life he had sort of grown up just assumed that genetically he was off he was a bit of a depressed man um he didn't have a whole heap going for it and then he started to commit all his time to studying uh, just the impact that you know the way we live the way we eat the the things we do has on ourselves and that was one of the things I took out of that book that often even in a difficult situation or a, a what's considered maybe a little unhealthy situation the way that you perceive what it is that you're doing has just as much of an effect as as what it is you're actually doing but it's it sounds so woo-woo doesn't it like you, you say that to someone they go okay no worries Liv okay Tice yeah real good point but uh, it, it seems and, and to use to use science as the evidence or to science to back it up he, he had plenty of studies that he used in this book that I can't remember off the top of my head where I said, okay, well, he's making a lot of claims for this not to be true, but it's just, it's, it's hard to get your head around, I think. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, if you're someone listening who's a bit sceptical or, or um, there, there are a lot of books. And I, I spoke to a woman, she was a specialist in women's eating and she spoke about it and I can't remember what she said now, but it was, it was something to do with the hormones and some of the neurotransmitters. And she also touched on like the saliva. And I was like, okay, good science. Like you said before, people love the evidence. And it was like, it just made pure sense. It was just like, you know, when you're feeling happy and feeling joyful, this is produced and this helps this enzyme to do this job. And 
xyz and it, it comes a little bit i don't know if you remember we spoke about but like um you know if you eat a, eat a food thinking that it's going to make you something if it's going to make you bloated or something you know a lot of my old clients used to have intolerances to bread or gluten that they'd developed over time and so they were so conscious of it and so they'd sort of go out for pizza and really try to enjoy it but the whole time be scanning for symptoms and signs of bloating and the pain oh there it is okay now it's getting bigger now it's worse now that's going to be me for a few days um and it's the same sort of thing it's just like you're sort of that's a bit more mind body but those in your pathways are so strong that 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 cycle will will be created if you start, if you let it if you know what i mean so right. i did not do that very well <laughs> oh no 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 you worded it beautifully i um I, I know exactly what you mean i actually so i've had two sinus surgeries in like I had one in 2010 I had one in 2015 I think and and the reason was like the, the doctors kept saying oh unfortunately you you know for whatever reason you're just gonna have to keep having these sinus surgeries there's something off and I thought hang on this is so strange and and, and my wife uh her her grandma pulled me aside one day and was like Tosh you really because I was lining up for a third surgery and she's like what are you doing She's like, obviously, the doctors that you're listening to aren't giving you the most helpful advice. There's something that you're probably eating, which is causing this. And she goes, I reckon it's dairy. And I said, okay, Lynn, like you're 83 years old. I appreciate your, your headspace, but I'm talking to the best doctors. She goes, all right, give it a month. And if I'm wrong, I apologize. So I gave it a month and it, it completely eliminated. I, I must have had some kind of um, allergy to something in the milk. And my sinuses just cleared up. I never ended up having to have that third surgery. But what's interesting is like what you say, since I found out it was milk, I, I've actually been through this exact process where at the start I'd have like a little bit of meat, a little bit of cheese, a little bit of dairy, and I'd be so aware of it that I felt as though I, I, I don't know if I'm making this up. I think it was true, but I could feel the symptoms. Like I'd start to feel a bit blocked, a bit gluggy again. And then about two years ago, I was like, all right, well, let's just try and minimize it and, and just let it go a little bit and <clears throat> call it, we will call it what you want. But I noticed that in my own life, it's like, all right, I can handle a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And, and these symptoms yep. that were, were once causing me a little bit of upset don't seem to, to, to be such a problem anymore. But yeah, it's just, I always find it interesting that even as a bloke who's been in the field for so long or interested in the field for so long, I still catch myself being a little bit skeptical at times. So I'm like, mate, I, I feel bad for the people that are only getting that one talk and they're just left to go away and try and believe that. So it's uh, a yeah. yeah, consistency seems to have been the, the, the key uh, through this conversation. It's amazing what you, uh, what sort of can be done with, with just continual rocking up and, uh, an application, huh? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's interesting about the sinuses. I think, I, I mean, I see that a lot with clients, different things, whether it's sleeping patterns, you know, some people think they, they wake up every day at 4am and they have been, um, but then it's like the subconscious mind, which we haven't even delved into. We might have to do another one is, um, so powerful that it's, it's working while you're asleep. I, I read this quote the other day, you might've seen it. And it's like, don't go to sleep at night without a message to your subconscious mind. Cause that's when it does all of its work. That's when the brain waves are at their best to sort of change what's going on in the subconscious mind. Yeah. Um, and it was like, if you ask your brain to wake up at a certain time, it will wake up at that time. And I was like, okay, interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to see. So I was like 6.54 and I'm not joking. Your brain can do it for you. It oh is crazy. Gosh, that's so true. I like right. woke up. I was what else can I do? That is so insane. It sounds like a magic power. I'm going to try that, Lib. Try it. Try I reckon my brain's going to go 6.54. If your son's asleep, you stay asleep, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but it just makes me think, like, if you have something in your mind that you'd like to do a little bit of work on and you're, you know a little bit about the subconscious, or even if you don't, 
when you're just drifting off to sleep or when you just wake up, those are the most powerful times to create change. So like we know this through the patterns of the brain, it's not a great time to make changes to those thoughts when you're in a really heightened state of the day, whether you, if you're running around and you're in your car driving around, like your brain's working really, really fast. But when you're going to sleep at night or you're waking up in the morning, your brain's really, really slow. And so that's when you can like slip in information. So sometimes I might just, okay, what am I working on? I'm working on being more calm. Okay. And then it's almost just like thinking about it, really just letting the brain think about it and then off to sleep and then let it do it, let it do its work. It's really cool. I actually, I actually learned about that just in Bruce Lipton's book that we were just saying. Yeah. And, uh, and one of the things that I started doing from there was uh, there's, there's some, I think he's an Australian guy. Um, he's, he's got a, a Spotify channel or a YouTube channel just filled with affirmations. So I went through and I listened to a couple and I was like, all right, like what would I like to actually have more of in my own life? And what would I start to uh, like to buy into a little bit more? And, uh, and I just started to play that as I was going to sleep. It was funny. I loved it. Jesse was calling me a hippie and strange, but I appreciate the fact that, uh, that you're aware of what it is that we're doing there, Liv. So, um, hey, you're definitely right. I reckon it's a, a, we've probably got part two three and four if you're up for it in the future that we that we could do but it's uh it's so good to catch up with you again it's been a been a long time coming and uh yeah I'm glad I don't really want to leave it three years again Lib. so if we can do this again if you can let's do it definitely and yeah just what you said I think it's it's also just like do do even if you're not I heard this this morning even if you're not completely thinking that something works and you're a little bit skeptical you don't have to fully fully believe so you don't need to listen to like some happy thing and be fully into it and think it's going to change your life you just have to have to have the absence of of not believing Mm. and I was like that is amazing even for lightning process clients it's like you don't have to go into like a, a session with someone doing something or thinking it's going to be everything but you just have to go in not thinking that it's never going to work you just have to have that open mind yeah yeah it's a really good point it's a nice way to wrap it up Liv thank you so much for making the time it's uh it's really good to talk to you obviously we've mentioned the wellness platform a bit anyone who's keen to to find out more about you where where can they look oh um yeah so instagram i'm um at the underscore wellness platform and then i'm the wellness platform podcast on apple and spotify and the wellness platform on Google is my website as well. So Sweet. perfect Thanks time. My little man's just woken up. I don't know if you can hear him oh. back there, but we've uh, we've nailed it right on right on cue. All right, leave, we'll oh. leave it there. So good to talk. Mm-hmm.